Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Nick's Mail.Bag, presented by the Strickland and by all of you lovely people that contribute to our Patreon. Uh, although this show is free, so those of you that just listen to it for free, too, you also help in your own special way. But, you know, we hope maybe you would become a, a Patreon patron at some point as well. Anyway, I'm Alex Wolf. I'm uh, editor-in-chief, uh, editor and chief, sorry, of, of this little site called the Strickland. Uh, I also host Locked on Knicks, and I write some for Clutch Points this year about the Knicks. That's cool. And I'm joined by only one co-host today. Only one can be bothered to show up. The <laughs> other one had to go play in his in his volleyball league uh, uh, finals tonight, or something, or the playoffs. Which you know, if they if they manage to win their way through, uh, they, they won't be done till like 10 p.m. But we only had one day really to record this week because of the next schedule. So I am joined by my favorite co-host now, Ooh. Zach Delizio, also Ooh. known as uh, did I do I have a, a good nickname for you? Whack. <laughs> so I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> Pretty much just whack, otherwise known as whack. But we're retiring that for today because you're you're anything but whack. You showed up. Yeah, it turns out whack was the W is for winning. Yeah. There you Not go. for whack. There you go. Yeah. And you're also you were on time today too. I'm proud of you. That's sort yeah, that's right. You were mostly on time. I yeah, mean, we're we're really out here today, Alex. Yeah, we're out here. We're out here. We're, we're out doing here. our thing. Uh so I'm gonna give the the Patreon sales pitch real quick and then we can get right into questions. Cause actually, even though we only have the two of us, we have a lot of questions to get into in this one. Uh okay. so if you're if you're listening to this, you could be listening to I mean, you're going to be able to listen to this full version no matter what, if you're a patron or not. But that we have a a sister mailbag or brother mailbag, I guess, pod uh, every other week that is Patreon exclusive. That features Schwinn and either Jeremy Cohen uh, or Drew Steele, depending on which week you happen to be listening. And they do mailbag questions that only come from our Patreon patrons in our Strickland Discord which is a perk of our uh, of our whole 
Patreon thing. So for $6 a month, you can get access to that. You can get access to the Discord. You can get access to the full episodes of the Friday Pod Strickland. So lots of great stuff that you get for that $6 tier. If you move up to the $9 tier, you get access to Schwinn's new pod that's bi-weekly called Strick and Roll. And that one kind of is Knicks related, kind of is non-Knicks related. It's a little bit of everything. Uh, and it's Schwinn with one or multiple guests where you know they chit-chat for a while. You also get great written pieces from Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda, uh, both of which go up exclusively on Patreon. So you get lots of great stuff for either 6 or $9 a month from us. Uh, but as I said, you'll get to listen to this whole pod regardless. So, uh, thank you all for listening, regardless of if you're a Patreon patron or not. If you want to check that out though, that's patreon.com slash the Strickland. I also should mention, even though I think we haven't gotten a question sent to this in like, I don't know, (laughs) two months, uh, there is a, a email that you can send questions to. If you're ever just thinking throughout your day, Oh, maybe there's a question that I want to ask these guys, but they haven't put out a solicitation yet. Uh, strictmailbag at gmail.com if you ever want to send like evergreen questions a little harder during the season now. Uh, but Zach, let's get into these questions. You've got mail. We have one of our one of our question asking superstars here, Jake Andrews at NY Critics to lead us off. And uh, I'm getting called out on preseason things already. <laughs> uh, so the question here from Jake, first one of a couple is during the preseason, Alex said he would sell high on Obi because he wasn't sure about his upside after the Summer League and because Randall is in the way. If he keeps this up by the deadline, would you still trade Obi? Do you think the return you'd get would be worth it? Um, Zach, I know the question was kind of directed at me, but I'll throw it to you first to answer. <laughs> the, the perils of a takesman, Alex. You just get, get shit thrown right back in your face. Um, <laughs> this is... I mean, so this question, as always, these trade questions are kind of tricky because the, the return you get is really the critical question, right? So, so like, would I trade Obi for no reason? Obviously not. Um, would I trade him for a role player? Probably not. Do I think the return I get would be worth it? I don't know. It depends who you're getting. If we're, if we're going to get Damian Lillard, then... Yeah, I mean, you trade Obi Toppin as much as I love Obi, and I have been on Team Obi from the beginning. Um, but you know, Damian Lord is Damian Lord. But on the other hand, you know, it, th- there's not many holes in this roster, really. So I don't know, other than a star of some caliber, I don't know if I would. I'm guessing I probably wouldn't really be too into it, although. You know, it always depends. You get a good a good player on a good contract, that's a different story. But for the most part, I'm inclined to just keep him and, and see how he grows based on, you know, I mean, look at what he's doing right now. Let's talk about if he can get to, uh, I don't know, 36% from three. And then let's see what we're doing because, man, he's going to be real tough to deal with if, if he can pull that off. Yeah, I so – I'd be lying if I remember verbatim what I said and props to Jake for actually remembering anything that comes out of my mouth um, <laughs> or caring to, to know about it. I, I'm sort of like a goldfish in that I just spew takes and like most of them just kind of come out because I'm talking like five, six days a week about the freaking Knicks and I just kind of forget about what I say half the time. Right. Um, d- probably depending on what pod I was on though, my general thought on Obi has been uh, – that I'm not 
ever going to trade him or anyone just for the sake of trading them, right? Like, so even if it's frustrating that Obi's only getting like 10 minutes a game right now and is stuck behind Randall, I'm still, and you know, is not being utilized in other situations. Like it still kind of boggles the mind a little bit that Tibbs has not gone back really at all to the small ball that we saw uh, in the first couple games of the year, or like the last preseason game and the first game of the year that, that really helped the Knicks when they were shorthanded. Um, so I, I don't know why they haven't gone to that at least a little bit. I, I don't think they really could have done that in the Sixers game. Like someone had said that like on Twitter and I had been like, eh, well, you know, I, I actually for once don't blame Tibbs for only playing Obi the amount of minutes he did because ultimately the Randall decision to close that game was fine. And you couldn't play small against Andre Drummond because he was having a legitimately great and dominant game on the boards. It wasn't fake stats that he was putting right. up. Like he was crushing you on the rebounds. So you kind of needed Taj out there to throw a butt into him and, and at least stop him from getting like 45 rebounds. Um, but like, yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp as you, right? Like, I'm not trading him just to trade him. I I do think that he's rapidly reaching a point where his value is starting to hit a point where, like, at some point it, it's gonna apex here. You know what I mean? Like, if he keeps playing the way that he is, like, I'm I'm pulling it up right now because I'm curious what his per thirty six stats are right now. They must be like off the fucking charts right now. Like fifteen and eight, you think? That's per thir- per thirty six right now, Obi is eighteen points. Six and a half rebounds, two and a half assists. Oh my god, 0.9 steals and 2.1 blocks wow. per, per 36 right now. Uh, and shooting 60% from the field. And this is all with him wow. only shooting uh 12.5% from three. So <laughs> I mean that's freaking insane. I mean, yeah. you know, you that that he's starting to get to the point where you know if you are able to increase his minutes to 15 a game or something, and he keeps putting up that amount of per minute production, you might be able to accelerate the timeline on being able to complete that sort of star deal that you're talking about sooner than later, just based off the fact that Obi is crushing it that hard in his minutes that he becomes one of those instant, you know, contenders of like, oh, if you get this guy with more minutes, he's going to be really, really dangerous. Like yeah. he'll, he'll end up like a, uh, trying to think almost like Levine, I guess would be like maybe a good example where, Levine was kind of like, I don't want to say like nailed to the bench or anything in Minnesota, like his final year there, he got a pretty good amount of minutes before they traded him for Butler, if I remember correctly. But there was for a while there where he was kind of like not getting a ton of minutes in Minnesota and was showing these flashes and people kept saying like, yo, this guy might be like a superstar, like in the making, if he just gets somewhere where he can get more minutes. And then he found that home in Chicago and now he's blossomed into a pretty damn good player. Um, Great. It was a little different situation with him because he was like 19 when he got drafted. Obi came into the league like 23 years old. Right. But, you know, I think I think there's a definite case to be made that or or maybe like maybe even like Brogdon, you know, if we want to talk about like an age appropriate comparison, you know, like Brogdon came in as a really old rookie, had some opportunities in Milwaukee, but then, you know, they just like let him sign away to Indy and he got a bigger opportunity and now he's like a borderline all star. So teams might start kind of frothing at the mouth a bit to get Obi away from the Knicks if he keeps playing as well as he is. And it would suck his fans to see him go. But if you end up trading him for someone like, you know, if you, if you get an offer on the table for someone like a Damian Lillard or something like that, I think you just kind of got to go for it. Um, if, if, if Obi is like the core piece of that, you know, obviously if you're giving up like 
15 draft picks and RJ Barrett and Obi and quickly and Mitch and something else, then it's like, well, that's not worth it. Um, but if, if Obi plays himself into being like a centerpiece of a trade, then yeah, I would, I would, I would trade him at the deadline. You know, if, if a really big trade became available, but I certainly wouldn't trade him just for like Terrence Ross or something. You know what I mean? Like some nothing, you know, not even really high floor raiser, not even high ceiling raiser that is just kind of like going to like come in and give you stable veteran player or whatever. Like I, w- I would make that sort of deal. Um, yeah. But yeah, do you have anything to, to add to that? Yeah, I mean, you? the other thing is I, I expect he's going to get opportunities eventually. I, I, I don't – did they ever rest Randall last year? I feel like he had one or two, right? Or did he play no. all 82? No, he played, he, played, he played 71 out of 72, and the one game that he missed, he it was not rest. He, he was had injured, like right? He had like a minor injury, yeah. It was right. like – I mean, it was like the equivalent of like a hangnail, but they were like, eh, just to be safe. <laughs> right. I mean, hope, hopefully I, – I, I don't – who knows? I, I would expect him to not play all 82. So I would expect that we're going to get at least a little bit of a glimpse of OB – in a bigger role, which I'm really curious to see. Cause you know, I mean, he's doing a lot of his damage in transition, which is not usually that's something where you're, you're almost, it's almost like a caveat, right? Like, ah, he's doing it all in transition. He's inflating his numbers, but that's part of his whole thing. That's part of the dynamism he brings to the floor. So, you know, I'm not taking anything away from him, but I do want to see what he can do in a bigger role in a halftime, halftime, excuse me, half court setting. Cause he- that, that'll be the, the real, real decider as far as his value i'm guessing well because yeah the other thing too is like when you're when you're playing mostly in transition like sure you can come in for two seven minute stints a game right and do that and you know run the the wheels off the other team right you know and really like blitz them like crazy and just keep running those go routes over and over yeah but you know you start to have to do that for 30 minutes you know (laughs) how many of those could you do right now just sprint all the way across the floor me (laughs) before we'd sub you out yeah i'm trying to think of the same for myself oh my god not Not many i mean i did i did a half court basketball league over the summer and just doing like three-point line and inside a number of times was like enough to murder me after about five straight minutes. <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so that's a great point. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh. Oh, well, all right. How many how many full court sprints do you think you could do, Zach? If I'm allowed to rest in between, maybe like maybe five to ten, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. Full sprints are hard, man. Oh, it's they are hard. Yeah. Yeah. I started when I was in that basketball league over the summer, I started making myself do like suicides and stuff. Oh God. And Why would you do that to yourself? Because I was tired of being like all winded during the game. So I was like, let me just get a little more in shape. So I started doing like uh suicides and like, what are the, what's, what's the actual name for like the, the drill that you do where you do like the side shuffle, you know, but you do it at like a really fast speed. Uh, I don't know the name. Yeah, You're like talking, the four cones, that one. No, not with not with the four cones. I was literally just doing like along like the the baseline or the you know oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and just going, yeah, just I, going back and forth, yeah. shuffling as if you're like shuffling your feet on defense, kind of. Right. And uh, so I did a it bunch of those. Shuffle. It helped. Yeah. It helped. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I Everyone? did it for like for like a week, and then suddenly the next week when I was playing, I was like, wow, suddenly I don't feel like a like a sixty year old man anymore. Um. <laughs> Anyway, all right, moving to our next question. But that that was a good first question from Jake. We got it. We got two other ones. These ones are a little more of the silly varieties, so we won't go super long. But you've got mail. 
Uh, Jake also asked, who dressed for Halloween and as what? Zach, did you go out for Halloween? Uh, I did. So I went to uh, Philly. I have a bunch Ooh. of friends who live in Philly. So uh, there was a coven-themed party, which is how it was explained to me. So when I got there, it turned out that not that many people really committed to it. So I looked sort of dumb. But basically, I was like, you know, I- I'm on the move. Uh, I don't want to commit to a serious Halloween costume. And plus, coven, like, I don't really care about any of that. So I just bought myself this like cloak and wore joggers and a black shirt. And I was like a quote unquote warlock. Okay. <laughs> this is the bare minimum. So you were like out of like a, uh, what's that? Um, Oh man, my friends love this one author that writes these like books about like, it's all like, like witches and wizards and all this other shit. Like in, in modern Harry day. Potter? No, it's not Harry Potter. No. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I forget the name of it, but there's like this book series where it's all just like like people in modern day. Or you were like uh, like the magicians, the TV show. I was like, sure, but yeah. like if they were wearing a cloak out in public, which they don't. Yeah, and you know, and the real perk of it is it's super comfortable. Yeah, that. that's pretty solid. Absolutely. I also I, I also went out for for Halloween, and I also went with the comfort route uh, slash laziness slash didn't feel like buying a costume route. Yeah. Um, so last year. I just met up with a couple friends like at someone's house. So it was really like four of us because obviously like COVID. And uh, but we'd all still like dressed up a little bit just for fun, just because we always usually do Halloween together. So last year I was the brawny man. But because I was like, oh, it's a good costume for a beard because I had a beard grown out at that time. And uh, it was like, oh, do brawny man. I was like, oh, hell yeah, I could do that. So I had a like the red flannel shirt and whatever and just like jeans and like sneakers. And then last year, I tried to find, I, which I should have remembered this for this year, but whatever. I tried to find a brawny single paper towel roll, and I could not find that at any stores around me. All I could find was like six packs. And I'm like, I'm not buying a six pack of paper towels for a Halloween costume to have to carry around a six pack all night of freaking paper towels. Why don't you just carry uh, one? Because they're not individually wrapped. So oh, wait, I don't understand. So I was looking for like just one individually oh, wrapped outside, so that it had the brawny packaging, so people could see that it was you. Exactly. Gotcha. Yes, precisely. Okay. So, so I last year grabbed one of my Kirkland brand ones from Costco and brought that with me, and I was like, whatever, who cares? I'm not <laughs> like I'm just hanging out with friends, whatever. The, Such a half. I love it. Yeah. Yes. But by so, the way, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, all right. So. No, you don't do your by the way. because No, no. The, I, I just Googled Brawny Man because I was like, is that the paper towel guy? I just want to be sure. Mm-hmm. And this might be a Mandela effect thing because he does not have a beard, dude. Yeah, he has like, he it's like, a beard. it's like stubble, you know, but. At best. It, as a, he looks honestly completely clean shaven. Yeah, you can. It depends on the version. There's like the more modern one. And then there's like some Which of the ones. Which one's canon? Which one's canon? I don't know. I guess we're, I guess we're we'll have to have a debate about that on the next show. Uh, We got to, we got to get Matt in here so we can, so we can have a third vote. Um, But uh, anyway, so this year uh, I went to do the same costume again. And so me being a dumbass, I went out to the store again, you know, that day and was like, Oh, I'll just go get a single roll of brawny. (laughs) And then realized like, Oh wait, the same thing that happened last year is happening to me right now. I literally went to I went to the shop right by me, which is my grocery store. I went to the Walmart and I went to the Walgreens and none of them had. And that's like all I have in my town because I live in like a small ass town and none of them had a 
a single role of Ronnie. And I was like, God damn it. I so, love that you didn't learn your lesson at all. <laughs> I did not. I remember it going forward. But I decided to throw an audible this time because this year we were actually planning on like going out to a bar or whatever. So I was like, all right, I shouldn't be a, a brawny man with a Kirkland paper towel. So instead of wearing the red flannel, I had like a blue flannel and I buttoned it all wrong and made myself look really sloppy, like like with the collar and everything, like made it all look like stupid. And so then I actually made myself the Kirkland man this year uh, where I was like the knockoff brawny man that doesn't give a shit because oh, he wait. knows you're buying his paper towels anyway. Wait, so. that's not a thing though, right? You're just doing like a play on the brawny man. Exactly. I made okay. up my own costume. I've done this before. Okay. I, I oh, occasionally I like make up costumes just for I, fun. That's creative. So... I got. I had a bunch of people be like, "Wait, are you the Brawny Man?" I'm like, "No, I'm the Kirkland Man." And people seem to get a get a kick out of it, so it was good. <laughs> All right, good um, work. So yeah, that was my costume, and yeah, I went out and and uh, got a little toasty at some bars and had a nice time. Uh, where they were, of course, checking uh, Vax cards and things of that nature too. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, so that was my Halloween. You've got mail. Um, and then we got one more from Jake, and I'm gonna read this all in. In conjunction with one another, because it's kind of funny, because he told us to throw the question out in the middle, but then kept going. So I'm, I'm asking you, damn it. All right. So this is Jake's third question. Why is it that whenever you put headphone or TV wires near each other, even though you don't touch them, eventually they always end up in a million little tight knots that you have to undo. But no matter how often you tie shoelaces, they always come undone. Then Jake said, total joke question. Don't ask on air. But then continued and said, also Christmas lights, too. What's the deal? Every year, it takes like an hour to undo them. Meanwhile, I'm retying my shoelaces after triple tying them every 30 hours. What the fuck? <laughs> so I'm asking it because he, he expanded on the question. So yeah. that, that oh, overrules right. the total joke question. I, part. Ju- I just want to say, uh, with, I, I don't know Jake in real life, so this is not a, this has nothing to do with Jake himself, but this has a lot of cocaine energy right here. Like, this, <laughs> this is like, like boom, 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 boom. He's like, we're, he's retying his shoelaces every 30 hours. Like that's oddly specific. Christmas lights. Have you had an issue with Christmas lights? I just store them away and they're like, fine. Right? I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, my... So, my suggestion to Jake... Well, I I don't know how to address the shoelace thing because I don't have shoelace issues either. Then again, I basically wear like ultra boosts and shit now, which are more or less slip-ons with like fake laces. Like, they have like real laces but the laces don't actually do anything. Um, (laughs) So... I mean, that's by and large my my shoe population at this point. But, I mean, I generally find if I double knot anything, it stays for a long time. Yeah. So, Jake, my suggestion first off would be to find better shoelaces. Yeah. And, and my second suggestion is to tie your shoes on video and send us a video of it because I need to know what's going on here. Yeah. We're, we're going to give a critique of yeah. your shoelace tying. <laughs> And then in regards to the other thing, so yes, I do agree. It is really weird and annoying that like, and I've always just kind of blamed my cats for this, but probably some people with pet-free households experience the same thing where you can have all your cords in like good shape, but short of literally like zip tying them or like using those little like, like, uh, like Velcro tie things, it's like impossible to avoid your, your cords all ending up like 
a huge mess. Is this in storage or just like behind your computer? I'm talking about like computer. behind the computer, behind the TV. Now, I was, yeah, was going to suggest cool. something for the storage element for the Christmas lights. But well, you... for the storage element, you got to store them like an electrician. So you have to wrap them around your arm yep. to get them in a nice circle. And yep. then you're okay. Yeah. Well, you, and what you do is you wrap them around your arm and then uh, you take the, you leave like a little bit of slack at the end. Wrap that around the middle and then tuck it. And then boom, yep. they're never, never going to get tangled that way. Yep. So that's my foolproof method. My dad taught me that one when I was like freaking seven years old. I've never forgot that. So that's, that's your solution for Christmas lights, Jake. The TV, behind the TV thing, there's no fixing that. That's just the, the TV cord dwarves go back there. Yeah, don't and, even uh, try. It's not yeah. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, short of, I mean, if you, if it really bugs you that much, I mean, I remember back when like, my stepdad got like his first like entertainment center, like where they like he he did the whole freaking setup you know, the one time where you know he had like the the surround sound all throughout the the living room, you know, like all that crap. So there's like wires galore back there, and he actually did use those little like Velcro ties on everything, and that right. did keep everything good. But I don't care enough to Velcro tie yeah. everything. Into it's good the- cable management. Yeah. It's not really necessary. I yeah. will also say it's 2021 wireless. Mm-hmm. wireless just, i have a wireless soundbar you know it, it's nice and easy i do have a wired soundbar and i feel like it probably makes the sound fidelity a little oh, better definitely definitely but i mean it's one wire that's not a huge deal right for me it's more like <laughs> i have an entertainment center that literally allows me to have like every game console i've ever owned hooked up because i have like cubbies for all of them wow and, and so i utilize it so i literally have like i have still hooked up to my tv uh, like both of my next gen systems, both of my past gen systems, both of oh the systems God. from the gen prior to that. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Have you got an Xbox yet? By the way? <laughs> Did you get an Xbox yet? By the way, Zach? No, no. <laughs> Halo's coming out in a month, and I still don't have an Xbox. I think you need to just try harder. Um, if anyone out there buys an extra Xbox, I will pay you a hundred dollars over a listed price. Just putting that out there. Okay, that's good. Well, we'll... You know, I'm getting desperate, guys. All right, <laughs> out of control. That's, that's good to know. Well, uh, I'm sure maybe someone will take you up on that. Maybe there's some uh, some. Honestly, flippers. I hope so. That would save me a tremendous amount of time and effort, and I just <laughs> want to play fucking Halo on a next gen system. That's it. That's all I want. All right. Uh, moving to our next question. Thanks so much for all the all the questions, though, Jake. You've got mail. Uh, our next question comes from. Orange and Plu, Mike Plu, uh, at orange underscore and underscore Plu. Uh, Mike asks, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the trio of Rose, IQ, and Barrett. Limited minutes with very high-level production. Is that the Knicks' best 1-2-3 lineup of guards and a wing? What do you think, Zach? Hmm. I think... I think the answer is yes, but I don't think Tibbs likes it. And I, I mean, I, I don't it, – it's it's an interesting question for that reason because I think on paper, yes. I think it's unquestionable, honestly. But I do think that quickly is in an interesting spot right now where he's doing stuff better, but he still has these sort of maddening habits on offense specifically when he has the ball in his hands that I think drives Tibbs crazy. Because I've noticed, and and let me be clear that I, this particular this these last two weeks, I did miss 
half of the Cavs game and I missed the Pelicans game, I think, uh, because that was the day of the Halloween party. So uh, I, I'm not quite catching literally everything, but what it seems is that he does not really trust quickly out there to be the primary initiator. Like he'll, he'll get plays where he's kicking everything off, but for the most part, if he's out there, it's Burks or Rose as well. And, and one of those two guys is initiating the offense. And especially with Burks, uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but I do think it's a product of the fact that quickly still has some kind of bad habits that he needs to drill out of himself and mostly over dribbling uh, and, and sort of still not having a plan. This is something I've been harping on from the beginning with him. And it, it, he's obviously gotten better, but but the critical thing for him to be a point guard is he needs to have a plan. Now, in this particular lineup, he doesn't have to be that because Rose is there and, and uh, RJ as well. But due to the, the mixing up of starters and bench units, I don't think this is going to be something we see too much. Although I do think it is ultimately the best lineup, if that makes sense. And did did we see it against the Sixers? Because at one point they did go small with with uh, oh, didn't they do Obi at center and Julius at center? Wasn't there like at least thirty seconds with Obi at center? Am I misremembering this? Uh, against the Sixers. Yeah, I thought I thought I saw that, but there was a lot going on at that particular moment. So I don't. I, I was they didn't. They didn't do that. any sort of long stretch with that there might no, have been... it wasn't a long stretch it was definitely when drummond was out yeah it was off Randall like a minute I, if yeah. i remember correctly and they also did rj at the four for like a minute and they did rj at the four with julius at the five right. i think for right. a couple minutes there and then inserted obi but then they put drummond back in so then obi was in for all of like two exactly. so maybe that's maybe that's what i'm remembering but regardless the point still stands i do think that is the best is there any others that you would entertain putting in there um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so for one thing, I was just trying to, while you were talking there, I was trying to look up the stats on this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conclusion that I can draw here is that that lineup has not played 30 minutes yet together this year. Um, that tracks. Yeah. yeah. Cause I went looking for it out of curiosity and there's not a lineup that features those three in the, uh, in Nick's lineups that qualify uh, as having played 30 minutes or more. I'm going to, I'm actually, I'm going to run that down to 20. Yeah, I mean, it also is sort of a coagulation of all the best perimeter creators, right? Like, cause even if, even with IQ shooting struggles hey, and what I just talked about, he, they're still the three best creators probably like, like Fournier is not, I wouldn't, I mean, he's sort of a creator, but not in the same way. It's sort of a selfish creation, which, you know, that's okay. That, that's him. And Burks just has no juice up the dribble at all. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe that's why they're split up so much. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder too. I mean, I think it mostly just has to do with Tibbs's platoon swapping, sort right. of. And also the fact that quickly just hasn't been getting that many minutes, you know, to start the year so far. Uh, so I did find that lineup now. I moved the I moved the qualifier down to twenty minutes. Okay. That that three man lineup has played twenty two minutes together this year. Wow. Uh, first, guess what is their rank among Nick's three man lineups that have played at least twenty minutes together? In that rating. Yeah, in that rating. Yeah. Well, just because you're setting it up like this, I'm going to go with one. They are number one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I'll try to guess <laughs> well, what their what their net rating is. Granted, it's only twenty two minutes. Ooh, their actual net rate, I don't know, plus eighteen, plus forty seven point one. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Apparently with those three on the floor, uh, they have appeared in five games together uh, at, at, with that lineup in which the Knicks are three and oh. two. And they have an offensive rating of 140.5 and a defensive rating of 93.3. Wow. So pretty insane stuff. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I wonder if Mike looked that number up before no, before asking this or if it was just an inclination thing. Either way, I mean, yeah, I, I think that it definitely bears more looking into. Um, I think we'll probably, as the year goes on, get more looks at that because if there's one player that Tibbs is willing to sort of mix and match with the bench a little bit, it tends to be RJ, I think. Yeah. Um, where he's a guy that, you know, Tibbs will take out early and then put back in early. Uh, compared to the rest of the starters to kind of give him a little bit of time sort of being that creator, being the alpha guy, you know, whatever, it, with the second unit. Um, I think that probably is, I mean, I struggle to think what could be a better combo than that. I think you could maybe at times, you know, if they're really on, I think the starters, you know, the, the ideal starters of Kemba, Fournier, and RJ, you could make a case for it. Yeah, being their best version of that, but the problem is, is that Kemba and Fournier, I don't think, have necessarily played like their best selves for most of this early part of the season. Maybe that's maybe it's being a little too harsh on Fournier. I think he's actually been totally fine, um, but Kemba, especially, you know, definitely seems to be kind of finding his way right now. But I think you could definitely make a a case that the starters could be the best guard guard wing combo. Uh, but I think as far as most fun and definitely the one that gives you, I think the best, the overall best ability to break down the defense and use their vision and passing to like really create for the other two people on the floor. Uh, I think, I think the one that, that Mike outlined the Rose Barrett quickly, uh, the numbers bear it out. The eye test bears it out. The fun factor bears it out. I think that's definitely a, a lineup worth giving lots of time to. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Do you have anything to add before we move to our no, next one? No, that was pretty comprehensive. Okay. You've got mail. All right. Well, so we have our first uh, sort of pop culture-y, it's not even sort of, very pop culture-y question of the day. Enemy Wave, at Enemy Wave. Uh, this is this is related to the new movie Dune, which we've we've both seen. I specifically mentioned in our, in our solicitation to not ask anything about Eternals because we hadn't watched that yet but that Dune was on the table because I know that we've both seen it. Uh, so who is the Knicks equivalent to Paul Atreides? Is it obviously RJ or maybe somebody else? Also cast the other characters as Knicks players or in the case of the Harkonnens, our sworn rivals. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, okay. So is RJ is RJ Paul, first off? Yeah, he has to be. Yeah. He has to be. Who else, who else could it possibly be? I uh, yeah I don't I don't know I mean maybe the only uh, yeah now I think it's I think it's got to be RJ I yeah. mean just like the young guy who has the potential to be like a world changing epic talent I mean right I just don't think I don't think Obi quickly Grimes Deuce any of them have that in them so nope. no disrespect I, to them they could be uh I don't know another someone could be uh Chani. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's got to be RJ. Yeah, I think that like quickly maybe has the best case to maybe be the guy that could unseat him, but he's just I haven't seen those flashes this year so much. Meanwhile, RJ is like literally taking a leap right in front of our eyes. So it's I think it's got to be RJ. I can't see anybody else. Right now, is Taj 
is anyone else other than Taj uh, Guido? Mm. Who is uh, Oscar Isaac for those who are maybe less familiar with the names? Yeah, and I'll totally, I'm going to totally throw myself out there. Like, I, I watched the movie once and it was literally my first exposure to Dune ever. And I really enjoyed the movie, but I'm still a little, I'm actually going to pull up a cast list right now. <laughs> yeah, and also, let's not spoil anything. Yeah, we won't spoil yeah, anything. Yeah, we, we'll won't keep spoil, this, we won't spoil. We'll keep this this spoiler free. Yeah, I think uh, I think that Taj has to be Leto. You know, like you've got the the gray beard going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty. Yeah, and they both have like a, this like good but hard vibe. You know what I mean? Like like they're not taking any shit, but they're not like bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like Taj is definitely a good dude. He's just chill. he's doing his own thing. He's he's in his own uh, his own spot. He doesn't yeah. care what other people think. Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree with that. I think uh, I think that's a good one. Uh, what about... I, I feel like there's only one easy answer for this, but who do you think is uh, Duncan Idaho? Oh, <laughs> it's Mitch, right? Were you really thinking Mitch? I was thinking yeah. Julius, just because, like, Duncan's a fucking badass. Yeah, but he's also kind of a goofball, and he's pretty funny. I guess so that's, that's true. Why, yeah, that's why I was thinking Mitch. Julius has his funny side, too, though. That's I true. just think, I just think, could you see Mitch like wielding a couple swords and like eviscerating oh, a bunch of people? I can't see anyone wielding swords and eviscerating people, Alex. I could this in another so life. I could, I could see Julius <laughs> doing that in another life. Okay, that's fair, but he can be Gurney Halleck. <laughs> okay, I mean, I guess he could also be Gurney. But... I feel like that. Do, do, Gurney is is so intense that I feel like that's a good uh, Julius analog there. I was going to say maybe Rose would be Gurney, though. Uh, Just for, like, know. the mentorship, you know? like Yeah. Well, so, okay, so I'm not going to go too far here, but I believe, if I'm remembering the book correctly, Duncan Idaho was actually the mentor. Gurney was just filling in that day. Oh, okay. I got Oh, yeah, that's true. You know what? They did say that in the movie as well. I forgot mm-hmm. about that's that. That's okay. Yeah. There's a lot happening in that movie. So Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They did mention that. That was towards the beginning. I forgot because there was a lot going on towards the end. All right. Well, anyway, yeah. All right. That 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 tracks. I could I could go with that. All right. The, who's the Harkonnens? That's the only question. Who's uh, the Yeah, I think this is yeah, I think this is like the big question we need cuz the rest of the characters it's like I don't really see any like, yeah, exactly. huge parallels here. Uh the Harkonnens. I think Oh, that's so tough. There's so many teams that I hate. Um, <laughs> Empowered by hatred. I think it's got to be the Celtics. Right? Yeah, can can yeah. it be anybody else from a Knicks perspective? I still fucking hate the Celtics. Just, I fucking hate them. Although, hate although them. maybe based off everything that's coming coming from the, the Nuggets situation, maybe also the Heat. I, I kind of dislike them, but that's more of an old hatred. You know, right, like... right. But, Which I mean, that's you know the Harkonnen thing is old, but like I don't know, man. I, but so is the Celtics thing. Like literally, yeah, that's as old yeah. as the NBA itself. Like they've both been around since like nineteen forty seven. Yeah, and honestly, you know? I don't really hate the current Heat that much. I hate playing them, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't. Outside of that, I don't really hate them all that much. They're, I like watching Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry and uh, Bam Adebayo. You know, like uh, I hate that I like it, but I do. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think it's the Celtics. I think it's just forever the Celtics. Yes, fuck them. And uh, and and so who among them is uh, is Vladimir? Is it who's like the ultimate, the ultimate evil? 
who are we going to call a fat slob on the Celtics? Is that yeah. what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, who's, who's, yeah, who's the fat Yeah, who's the Bill Simmons, actually? Oh, yeah, it's Bill Simmons. <laughs> yes, it's definitely Bill Simmons. Pulling all the strings from, from his ringer empire. That's right. Yes, this works. It's all right. Beautiful. All right. At risk of potentially diving into spoilers, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap that question up. But yeah. thank you, Enemy Wave, for that one. That and go good. see Dune. It's a great movie. Yeah, it was, and it's on HBO, so you can watch yes. it. Like if you you can watch it at home. But I think it's only limited time. I think it's only through the end of the month. Then they pull it for a little bit, and then they put it back on later or something. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. All so right. yeah, I just saw that it was like when I went to watch it, I was like, well, I'm glad I'm jumping on this early because it said like only streaming through like November 25th or something. I guess that just means people are going to torrent it at that point. So. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's, okay. it's already been digitally copied a million right. times over by then. Right. You've got mail. Anyway. All right. We have our first uh, discord question here. So I, we have some discord questions in the mix. So like, as, as we mentioned at the top of the show, if you're on the Patreon in the $6 tier, you get into the strict cord, the Strickland discord. And you can ask questions directly in there. So this one comes from Mikey underscore Cook 7. Mikey Cooks, uh, also on Twitter, I think is is his uh, Twitter handle. I know he goes by Mikey Cooks. I think that's actually his handle, too. Uh, but Mikey says, what are your food or snack options uh, to have when you watch the Knicks? I get Wingstop most of the time when I watch the Knicks. Zach, what's your go-to Knicks watching food? Uh, I, don't, I don't really have one, just because... Because the Knicks play so much that it's just a, it's it's. I'll get so fat if I eat junk. Right, every right. Time if, they I, play. if I eat what I wanted to eat, it would be very bad news. All right, let's say it's like let's say it's like the first game of the regular season or like the first game of the playoffs or something like the ones where you like really kick back and you're like I want to have a good time yeah. today. Like what food are you getting? Honestly, probably Chipotle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's you. It's, I think you have a Chipotle problem, man. I I might. Well, it, the thing is, it fits this perfect niche where it's delicious it's cheap and i can do it on my phone where i just it knows my fucking order and i just press a button and then i pick it up on my way home from work it's ready so i don't have to waste any time getting out of my car like going into a restaurant putting my order sitting there waiting coming to the game late nope i just walk in grab it drive home it's on my way so i'm good you know? Well, I will just tell you there are other apps that allow you to order ahead. I know, I know, food. but it's it's always a chain. You know what I mean? So I, like, no, it, you it, could do it on like DoorDash now and support local or whatever. Really? I can yeah. I can put in a pick like so I just walk in and pick it up. You could do DoorDash. I, mean, pick I could up. also call like a human being, but you know, <laughs> I should censor out that name. They shouldn't get free advertising from me. But yeah, you can use certain food ordering apps and pick 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 up instead of delivery. Yeah, you can just it's go a pick shame how far I've fallen. Man. I will not make a phone call. I, just, I want I want to look at the menu on my phone and just have it be done. I'm no, sorry. that totally makes sense, too, because then you can type in your special requests if you have them, right. too. And I and can deliberate. I don't have to be like – when I'm on the phone, I'm, I feel like I'm under pressure. You know? Oh, you've like, got to have oh, it all written see. out already. Yeah, you can't right. You can't be deciding on the right, phone. Right, right. So if I'm, then I'm, I'm going through the whole menu and typing it out, and then I have to call and do – no, 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 no. I'm just doing it all online. That's I it. agree. App Life is the, the place to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't give you any crap for anything that you could have said because mine is like the ultimate junk food and it's terrible. But it's like, it's honestly like my favorite like order out junk food. Always has been. I'm a Domino's guy. I love getting Domino's. (laughs) I mean, I can't help it. It's 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 junk food i understand you know people are like it's not real pizza i'm like yeah and mcdonald's isn't real burgers right. I eat it's that not, shit too. and everyone knows that and it's fine 
and it's still and it's still delicious and you right. still eat it to treat yourself every once in a while and understand that it's really not good for you and you shouldn't do it all the time but like yeah domino's is like my junk food of choice bro you like, can absolutely eat an entire medium pizza yourself right oh for sure if yeah, i'm on a good yeah. day i usually get a bunch of the side stuff so i don't but like i mean like i i got domino's like last week for example and it was the first time i've had it in a while so i was like and i was starving yeah. that day yep so i was like dude uh oh man because <laughs> usually it's like my wife used to travel a bunch and my like so she used to like be away for like a week every every month you know uh traveling for work and whatever and then after right. covid that doesn't happen as much anymore but like she literally used to like joke with me. She'd be like, well, that's your time to get Domino's. Right. <laughs> because yeah. I would always get it. So and I would, buy, I would buy enough food to like sustain me for like three days. <laughs> oh my God. Which is like, no, you know, day, see, I'm with you. I understand Domino's, but not day after Domino's. I oh, dude, you, day after Domino's. No way. You just reheat it like any other oh, pizza. Ugh. You throw it in the oven. What? Whoa. I would argue it almost oh, tastes yeah. better. It's not, I don't get the regular pizza though. I get the pan pizza. And that uh, one tastes better reheated, I think. But okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. But that is yeah. ghastly. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> so the other day, I got it for the first time, like forever, and I went way too bonkers. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get their like loaded buffalo chicken thing, where like they put like buffalo sauce and cheese on or whatever on the chicken and like melt it in their little oven for you, and then like you eat it that way." And like, oh, and then I'm gonna get. Uh, uh, a cheesy bread and then I got like a pan pizza with like a whole bunch of meats on it and whatever and like yeah it was I did not eat the whole pizza that time but uh, <laughs> the funny thing about Domino's and we can we can finish here because we're talking far too much about this but the uh, I, every time I eat it it's so goddamn delicious but the fact that I can eat so much of it just tells me how fake it is you know what I mean like yeah Man, I can. You're, you're telling me I just ate this entire pizza pie and I'm still hungry. Like this is plastic. You're no. still you're still hungry, and it just cost you like your whole daily allotment of calories times two. Right, and it literally cost me four dollars. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's not okay. Um. So stingy, uh, our our beloved stingy had an immediate follow up to this in the Discord, where he said, "And who would win in a that snack eating contest?" You. You think I would win? Yes. Do you think I would win the Chipotle contest too? I don't know. What's a Chipotle contest like? <laughs> like, do you do you ever finish a burrito bowl and feel like you could eat a second burrito bowl? Not a second, but I feel like I need more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've I've definitely eaten a whole Chipotle burrito or burrito bowl and felt like I could probably polish off a second on my yeah, best. Yeah, I believe you. So. <laughs> I trust you. Yeah. So I, I think I would win as well. Um, but that's probably more a testament to to me overeating. And, and you dieting right now. I'm sure if we were prepping the same, we could probably do about the same for basically the same size person uh, in a vacuum. So anyway, but uh, I'm not dieting right now, so I can eat like a fucking motherfucker. You've got mail. Uh, anyway, moving to our next question. This one comes from Twitter. Zach Picorni at ZMP323. Uh, what are some bad back to the Knicks again? What are some bad habits that the team Tibbs or any player has right now? that you think will be corrected as we progress through the season. What, uh, let's, I mean, you let's not linger for too long on any of them, but yeah. Do you have a first bad habit? Uh, first of all, this is a great question. Um, yeah, I think the, the first one that comes to mind is Julius, which is a little unfair considering what he did yesterday, but 
I think it's fair to sort of nitpick a little bit just based on, you know, what we're seeing. Um, somebody shot, I mean, people have pointed it out ad nauseum, so this is hardly breaking news here, but some of the shots we're seeing are, are just kind of silly. Like he had one play yesterday against the Sixers where I think he pump faked, he somehow got sort of a half step on Danny Green, and he just, instead of going to the rim, he, he takes a step back like 18-footer and just breaks it. It was like, dude, what are you doing? And look, that kind of stuff happens on one play all the time. But it has been a little – the dial has been a little too pull-up mid-ranger uh, for my taste. And as has also been made uh, common knowledge at this point, he's not taking enough catch-and-shoot threes. I don't, know, I don't know what the hell the deal is. He keeps just passing them up for no reason. And that's a huge part of what opened up his game last year. So I do not understand it. Those are the two things. He's still doing great. He's still having a great season. Those are the two I would like to see. Uh, ironed out a little bit. Yeah, I would definitely. I, I agree. The shot selection from Julius. The also just. I mean, not to nitpick on Julius too much because I think he's starting to correct this over the last week or so. He seems self aware of it, but leading the team poorly through his body language. Yeah, and that sort of thing. Like he was kind of getting back into some of his old bad habits from the first year here, where lots of head down moments, lots of you know, if one thing doesn't go right letting it get to him clearly and, you know, not trying as hard uh, on subsequent plays, which then just sinks you further into the hole, that sort of thing, which we didn't see a ton of last year. Um, One thing from Tibbs, and I mean, it's sort of related to that, that I think has been a bad habit so far is Tibbs has not been Tibbs in many ways this year, at least not what we got accustomed to last year, as far as the short fuse the being willing to call a quick timeout to stop the bleeding. If you even, you know, like, like some coaches, you know, when you talk about stopping the bleeding, it's like, you know, if you're talking about relative to actual bleeding would be like, they wait till like your arm is half sawed off by a chainsaw before they call a timeout and everything is, is, you know, gone. Tibbs before would basically call a timeout at a paper cut, you know, and would be like, Nope, 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 Nope. That's it. Like, let me talk about this. You know, you guys let up one basket that I didn't like and we're up by 15, you know, right. whatever. And he would, you know, yell at them and, and get in their faces. And then, boom, what do you know? They would they would go back out there reinvigorated. Um, so I think there's that. And then also just holding players more accountable where I, I feel like he hasn't done that. At least not. I mean, again, I really hate to keep singling out Julius because I think he's really been playing better over the last few games. But one thing in the first few games was that you know, Julius was doing those things that I mentioned and Tibbs wasn't really doing anything to sort of like punish him for it, even though it was costing the team points on on both ends, you know, with the bad habits showing up. Um, but that that goes equally for other players, too. I mean, it, it, sometimes Kemba has put forth really bad effort on defense and stuff and offense, quite frankly. Um, there have been times where Fournier's kind of turned it on and off on defense. Even RJ has had some some times where he's been kind of lackadaisical, mostly on the offensive end. I think he's done a pretty good job of playing good defense, but, and we've seen with Mitch too, you know, Mitch has kind of been a a little bit of a space cadet on defense this year. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I just wish the Tibbs would, would correct those situations better. Yeah. He's Um, been smiling too. (laughs) Yeah. Too much smiling. Maybe he's like getting older and like, you know, he's like chilling out a little bit. I thought that was kind of the case last year, but there was a balance, you know. This year it almost seems like he's too happy. I mean, he might – it could just be one of those things where it's a long season, you know, and and 
maybe maybe we get super intense tips when the games really start to matter. Because the reality is, like, this has been kind of a Knicks Twitter problem in general these last couple weeks. Like, from the way this team is being talked about, you would think they're like three and seven, you know? Yeah. But what are we, seven and four now? Yeah. Yeah, seven and four is fucking great. So we really don't have that much to be mad about. You know, like in the in the micro sense, yes, there's always stuff that needs improving. And in some sense, that's where I agree with you, where like, yes, that's and that's Tim's job, of course, is to improve that. But no one's ever perfect. You can't stop an NBA team from scoring points, right? Like, like I this me and Benji were talking about this the other day, uh or yesterday after the Sixers game where you know, someone someone is going to go off. You're not going to hold an NBA team to 60 points just because Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris are out, you know? These guys are NBA players. Someone's going to score. Uh, and I think maybe maybe that sort of mindset is is taking, you know, I guess pulling on Tibbs a little bit, maybe. You know, like, eh, maybe it's not – we don't have to be crazy all the time because these guys know. Yeah. We're all adults here. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. No, I feel that. And, and, you know, I think that there is definitely, I mean, there's been a little bit too much skies falling this for a team that is seven and four. I mean, that's, if that holds out over the course of the whole season, that's what, like, uh, what would that, what would that lead to? That's over 50 wins, I think. Yeah. I think it's about 50. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's three games over 500. So yeah. And, big... and this is not just beating up a cushy schedule. They got in a little injury luck, but they beat the Sixers at full strength who are, what, 8-3 and three now with two of the losses coming from the Knicks? Is that right? Yeah, I think and, so. and the Bulls also are, like, 8-2 and two with one of their losses coming at the Knicks, and that was in Chicago. So I, I don't, you know, it's not like they're just beating up on an easy schedule here. There, there's some good wins, and Milwaukee had Drew and Giannis. Like, that's not an easy win either. Yeah. In Milwaukee, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, the ironic part of that is that just, like, the <laughs> – the the wins that they have had have pretty much all been against good teams. The losses that they've had have just right. been against the bad teams, you right. know, that Which make it, you go. A, it is annoying. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's, yeah. it's annoying, but we got to like collectively calm down a little bit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. There's definitely been enough uh, good signs there so far. Right. Um, are there any other, is there like one other bad habit you want to throw out there that, that you want to see um, taken off the table? No, nothing that I, I mean, probably IQ is sort of decision-making, but it, that I already talked about. So, and I think it's gotten better. Yeah. yeah I probably yeah. would have identified that as one thing too, but I think that's gotten better. Uh, I think I'll just, my last thing I'll throw at the wall here is uh, the thing that Schwinn talks about a lot, uh, which is, which I guess we'll sort of get into because Schwinn asked a question that is similar to this too. But um, basically, the Kemba is kind of playing too passive and s- still seems to kind of be getting his feet wet, but. I mean, I would prefer Kemba to just kind of play like Kemba Walker. And we sort of saw that down the stretch of the Philly game. We saw that during those couple games when he was really good. But then, you know, ever since those two games when he was really good, things have been pretty dead for him again. And he's just really not contributing that much. Yeah, all he's doing at this point is just taking pull-up shots, which is sort of all he's getting. Yeah. I, I, He doesn't really have much juice off the dribble anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't. I mean, he's playing like an eight million dollar a year player. Yeah. You know. So so like yeah. I think I think you're right. I agree with you. But I don't know how much higher it's going to go based on what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know either. But I guess we'll see. He certainly. I mean, he managed to get to the basket a little more um, in that Philly game 
down the stretch, which was nice to see. Yeah. So I mean, that was just Julius though doing. This is mm-hmm. what I was kind of alluding to before. Like he's if he hits that catch and shoot three, teams guard him differently. He draws a kind of attention where where you're talking about a legitimate four spacing four, mm-hmm. right? So like that opens shit up for Kemba to get inside. And I I would I would like if Julius continues to do that, I think we will see Kemba have an easier time of doing exactly that. Maybe that can get him going a little bit. Yeah. Here's hoping, but uh, we got to move on because we're, oh my God, we're going to go so long. We have so many questions today. You've got mail. All right. Uh, next questions come from our buddy. Uh, and this comes from the discord because Nemo is very active there. Nemo Patty Tur from sunny Paris uh, asks, we've got, we've got four questions here. The first one, I actually don't really have an answer to because I've never done this in my life. Uh, <laughs> what's the worst fake excuse you've made up for being late at a pod recording session what penalty should be systematically given to a host of this pod for showing up late for recording? Basically, he's asking what I should do to you, Zach, uh, to punish you for being late all the time. Yeah, that's fair. I've never lied about it. No, you so don't lie. Good, you yeah. just are late. I considered it. Yeah, I considered it when I was on a date. I was like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I should just make some shit up. Well, that time you wow. just didn't tell us. You just said, oh, I'm going to be, you know, like I'm yeah, not going to be able that, to make but it then you guys that. guessed it, if I'm yes. remembering correctly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which great work by you. Um, no, I've never lied about it. We're adults here, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. This isn't that serious. This isn't a job for me. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if this is like a real job, I might have to lie sometimes, but right. I haven't. Um you I start I, making up insane shit, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you could make up a story as crazy as playing in an adult volleyball league. <laughs> um like Matt did. I mean, I don't know what he's really doing today. He's probably on a date too. Just mm-hmm. made up this whole volleyball thing as a as a front. That's his cover to have Tuesday date nights uh, for six straight weeks or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, as far as punishment, um, I'm just going to send you to the gulag. I don't know what else to tell you. You watched the 17 win Knicks? Yeah, you got, yes, that's actually a good one. All right, yeah. You could choose which 17 win team to watch, but you have to watch one of the 17 win teams games back to back to back to back to back, robot chicken style. Nice. So I, I think that's a good punishment, uh, which sucks for Matt. We're going to sentence him to that for next week. So <laughs> hope you're ready, Matt. That's going to be a lot of viewing. All right. Uh, next question from Nemo. You've got mail. What would you tell to not yet Patreon subscribers to convince them it's actually worth paying something in order to be able to listen to the alternative team mail.bag pods? So what would I tell them about the Schwinn, Jeremy, and Drew? Mailbags. Schwinn's out of his mind and it's hilarious. Yeah, Schwinn is uh, in a good way. Schwinn, yeah, Schwinn is uh, Schwinn is Schwinn. I mean, let's be real. He's the big selling point here. You know, Jeremy and Drew are just along for the ride, as as always. Um, <laughs> I have no comment on this. Je- Jeremy is <laughs> Jeremy is very nerdy, and so is Drew. They're they're nerds. That's why they're the nerd dot bag, and we're the dummy dot bag. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. I mean. It, Look, look, if you enjoy the banter on this show, just imagine that, but with two different people. And there you go. Bing, bang, boom. That's and I will I'm say, the Discord is really it. That's what I've been enjoying the most of late. The yeah. Discord's great. Yeah, Discord be hopping. Yep, it is It is fun. It is a, it's like lots of good discussions going on in there. It's like our our own little own little slice of heaven, our own little community in there. So yeah, I do love it. I, that probably is my, one of my biggest patrons other than the content, obviously, but the, right. the Patreon or the, sorry, the uh, discord has been a, a very fun 
Patreon thing. You've got mail. Uh, all right, next question from Nemo. We're starting to we're starting to get into the the meat of the Nemo questions here. Uh, actually, I'll skip to the last one first, and then and then do the final one because that one's the one that will probably take the longest on. Uh, so, other question. Now that Alex got filthy rich with the money from the Patreon, yes, I'm keeping it all for myself. Um, when can we expect those sound effects back on the mail out bag pods? That's yeah, also Alex, a good question. When can we expect that? I don't know. I I'm trying to decide if I should if I should literally make that part of the budget because <laughs> it was really fun having fart sounds uh, and having them write in with the audio. So I don't know. I guess maybe soon. I don't. Or you can order Domino's three times. Or I could order Domino's three times. Yeah. So don't hold your breath. I think I'm going to get Domino's instead. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you've got mail and Nemo's final question if RJ would suffer the kind of blow Jokic suffered from Markeef and couldn't fight back which player on the roster would you want to retaliate oh that's easy who's yours I, are you going to say Julius no are you going to say Taj yes okay absolutely you think, you think Taj is, is bringing the pain more than Julius well, Taj is Taj has big dick energy you know what I mean Mm-hmm. Like, like he's got like Taj will fuck someone up and will not say a word. Like he's not even gonna shit talk anyone. He's just gonna beat the shit out of you and then leave. That's it. Like it's another day at the office. That's it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I do. I do feel like Taj would be would definitely be good. I mean, we've definitely done some variation of this question a number of times. Um, <laughs> of like who would win in a bar fight, who would right. win in a wrestling match, who would win in this, who would win in that. Um, you know, Taj is usually near the top, and Julius is usually near the top. I think on pure raw power, Julius is the guy that I would want yeah. because he's just he's a freaking behemoth. Uh, but on, uh, yeah, maybe on on like street smarts and and just like guile and ability to win a fight like that, maybe I would I would go Taj, um, just because yeah, he would probably. I mean, he wouldn't he wouldn't second guess it at all. He, exactly. he also. I mean, at this point in his career, he makes slightly more, but he's basically a, a veteran's minimum, you know, player at this point. So it's not like he's got like a huge long career ahead of him. Like Julius would be like, "Oh shit!" Like, is this going to affect my <laughs> the rest of my career? Like, I, yeah. I don't want to do something too too drastic here. <laughs> Taj might literally be like, "I could retire tomorrow and I'd be fine." So yeah. I'm going to go beat the shit out of this guy because he fucked with my guy. Um. So yeah, I think I think maybe that's the answer. Uh, luckily, I think the Knicks have zero Tyler heroes on their team, so that's that's a plus. Um, who you know just kind of shit talked for away. shit talked for a second and it, literally waiting for someone to grab him and nobody ever did, so he just kind of walked, walked away. away. It was so yeah, funny. it was terrible. Tyler hero sucks. I would do um, that, so I, I gotta be honest. Like you already told the story about how you did that the one yeah, time. I, I remember. Yeah. I remember you at the beach, just walking away from all those people. Yeah, I'm just leaving. No, I'm as good. your friends got their ass I'm beat. Good. I'm good, dude. I'm not getting. I'm not getting my teeth knocked out. No, no. You know <laughs> By the weird dental surgery costs, yeah. bro. By the weird like warriors group that decided yep. to like. That's right. Great yeah, member. Call you guys out of towners or whatever. Yeah. Wow. Look at yeah. you. Yeah, I remember. That's a that's a deep cut. Go back yeah, to over the summer. That's a that's a summer episode. Uh, all right, moving to our next question. Thank you, though, Nemo. You've got mail. This one comes from Schwinnie Poo uh, in the Discord. Should IQ start over Kemba if things stay the same for the next 10 games? Also, in hindsight, do you think the Knicks would have been better off not signing Kemba 
letting IQ start and having Grimes replace his spot in the rotation off the bench? That's an interesting question. Hmm. A lot to unpack there. What do you think? Yeah, there there is a lot to unpack there. I I don't should IQ start over Kemba if things stay the same. I don't think so. I, I think number one, I don't think things are going to change. But in an ideal world where we're making these decisions, I, I think if Kemba stays the way he is, I would prefer to start Derek. I, I think for obvious reason. Um, I don't. I like. Here's the thing, bro. Like. I always come off as ragging on IQ because everyone's so high on him. And I'm high on him too. But I, the reason I have high expectations for him is because I'm high on him. And I think there's a certain criteria he needs to meet. There is like a bottleneck, you know what I mean, due to his size. And where, where he has to be a one. He can play the two, of course. We see him play the two all the time. But if he's going to hit his real ceiling, he's probably got to be a one. So if he's going to be a one that's taking on a lot of enhanced responsibility for your decision-making, for getting your teammates involved, and I, I, that's what I'm looking for from him. Up to this point, I still am not seeing that. Like we said before, I'm, I, I think he got better on defense. His decision-making is better, but it's still not good. I still can't trust him to run an offense consistently. I think he can, uh, in, in a totally context-free world – he can do what Kemba's doing, right? Where Kemba's just, I mean, he's basically just spotting up, right? Like he's spotting up and taking off the dribble threes. Obviously, quickly can do that. But Kemba's doing it in a way where, you know, the offense is running and he's not dribbling the air out of the ball uh, and getting stuck in weird in between spots where he picks up his dribble and, and shit like that, you know? So what I would do is, if anything, start Rose and, and bring quickly off the bench. Uh, then the question is, what do you what do you do with Kemba? Which I don't know, playing with quickly, I guess. Why not? Uh, and and Grimes, sure, bringing Grimes too. I I don't I don't know I don't know how that plays out. Do you do you give Grimes Kemba's minutes entirely and just bench Kemba? I don't think he's been that bad. Well, so I mean, I don't. I think that the Grimes part of the equation is assuming Kemba just was never signed. Oh, that's right. Wait, wait. Let me reread that. You're right. Yes, good catch. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, obviously, obviously you're not going to just completely not play Kemba. I don't think it's inconceivable that he maybe starts coming off the bench. But I agree, it's probably for Rose. Yeah, um, yeah. And, just and no, I, I don't think having IQ start is good. Go ahead. I, yeah, and I think it would be fine maybe to have IQ. So, although, actually, okay, I will say this much. I see where Schwinn's coming from to a degree in that I think that Rose's primary playmaking ability is more necessary for the second unit right. than it would be for the first unit if you were to put IQ in there starting at the one. Right. Because, you know, you also, you have Julius who handles the ball plenty uh, at, it, with the first unit. And then you have RJ who handles it a good amount now. Uh, Fournier who's capable of doing that in his own right. So I would almost argue that maybe that is the the ideal situation to throw IQ in. That said, I could never see it actually happening. Um but uh, the the question then, so if we're not doing the alternate reality thing, right, and Kemba's still on the roster, the question then becomes like, what do you do with both Kemba and Rose? You can't bring them off the bench together like you can with Quickly and, and Rose. You know, it's just, it's, I just don't think that's going to work. You might uh, be able to. I mean, maybe, but I just, I think, I think that just kind of opens your bench up to getting torched. 
don't you? Like, if it's those two and Burks? Kind of, but it's not like, like, what what teams are going to have guys out there that are going to crush Kemba like that in the regular season? You know what I mean? Like, playoffs, different story. Playoffs, that's that's entirely different conversation. But in the regular season, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's probably fine. Yeah, Um, that's true. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sympathetic to that idea. The, the thing that, that really changes it for me is that Rose has been a really good three-point shooter. So taking the ball out of his hands isn't, like, as bad as it once was, right? Where he can spot up at any point on the three-point line. It's not, it's not like it's corners only. Uh, he's hitting from everywhere, off the dribble, off the catch. It seems like he's been, I mean, what's he, is he shooting 40% from three? He might be. It certainly seems like it. Uh, it's fallen off a little bit lately, but it's not unreasonable. It's not like he's gone through the four, you know? So, I, I mean, I, it's an interesting question. I, I don't think – I just do not trust IQ con- to be consistent is really what it comes down to. I don't think he's consistent enough to where you can trot him out there for 35 minutes a game and not have serious hiccups appearing. Some nights it'll be great when he's going off, you know what I mean? But, but other nights it, it would – I would think it would get bad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, I mean – I guess to 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 zero in on the the sort of the first part of the the first part of the second part of Schwinn's question with the would you think do you think the Knicks would have been better off not signing Kemba? I mean, I don't think I'm there yet either. Yeah, me neither. You know, I just I think it's a ten game sample size. We have a full career of Kemba to look at. Otherwise, I I think it's reasonable to assume that maybe he's just getting comfortable to a certain degree and that he's been overly deferential, not wanting to sort of step on toes uh, to a degree. And he's also sort of adjusting this role where he's now like the third option on this team at any given time, or sometimes even the fourth, which is is not something that he's used to. uh, Because sometimes when he's out there and Julius and Fournier are cooking and doing their thing and RJ is kind of taking up that like second uh, lead scorer role, it kind of leaves Kemba like sort of in a weird spot where where he's trying to kind of like figure out what his place is on the floor. I think he'll find that over time, and I think that he'll start providing positive value, even if it ends up being that Rose ends up starting down the stretch, you know, and and Kemba comes off the bench and just kind of is like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, can you imagine I like Kemba Walker as like a a Lou Williams basically or something like that? I mean that that's potentially a, a pretty freaking good player. Yeah, I mean, and that very well might be what happens in the playoffs, to be honest, depending on where the, Kemba might become like a five to ten minute a game player. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see. But at any rate, I'm not I'm not ready to say yet, that, especially given the money that they had to spend to get him. You know, I know there's a certain amount of responsibility that comes with having to like play Kemba Walker then right. uh, because he's Kemba Walker. But I, I don't regret the signing at all, at least not yet. You know, give me maybe another 15, 20 games, then maybe we'll start talking. But right. You know, I, I don't think he's going to play as bad as he has at his worst for the next 15, 20 games. And I think we'll start looking at it a little more favorably soon. You've got mail. But anyway, uh, next question here. I don't know if <laughs> this comes from Tibbs's VCR at Far Off the Mark. I don't know if this is if this is meant as a shout out to the show. But if it is, Mark, can, like that's real dedication to our <laughs> to our inside joke on the show. Um Mark asks, would you rather be shoulder tackled from behind by the Joker uh, or chest bumped by RJ? This is, of course, uh, Nicole Jokic's retaliation to Markeith Morris, which I thought was totally fine, if we're being honest. Like, 
I, oh just, my god, come on. Dude, I thought I thought that Morris's foul was a lot dirtier on replay. Do you see how hard he hit him in the ribs? Like that's the freaking MVP yeah. of the league, man. Dude, all right, let's put it this way. Jokic has a lot more to lose if that would have like broken some of his ribs and he would have had to sit out for like three weeks yeah, or something. Yeah, but bro, it was it was just a dirt like he's just trucking someone from behind. Like and I, I get it, I really do. I've gotten pissed off like that in games, but but like it's at least Markeith, like, yeah, that shit was dirty, but it was during the game. You know what I mean? Like that's that is a dirty play, but you just trucking someone from behind. With his size, bro, he's fucking enormous. That's a huge hit. <laughs> That's a huge hit. What did you think of? Uh, what did you think of Markeith's uh, sell job on the court, though? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. It was great work. It reminded me a lot of when LeBron got LeBron? <laughs> the Tyson LeBron... Chandler screen. Yes. Yeah, when LeBron got screened at half court by Tyson bro, Chandler. I don't even then... think I've seen that again since the day it happened, but. In my head, he had like a mini seizure. Am I remembering this correctly? Oh, no, he did. Yeah, basically, yeah, he was like happened. shaking and like falling over. Yeah, yeah. Chandler <laughs> set a screen at midcourt, and then LeBron like backed into the screen, like he didn't see it, and so he like backed into it, and then he like he like did like an exaggerated like Shakespearean fall, like with like his head, his hand up by his head, like and like wobbled his way down. And then, like, sat there for a couple minutes and then kept, like, grabbing his neck, whatever. And he would – it was almost like that Jimmy Butler one that he did against the Knicks last year where he, like, looked up and was like, are they still yeah, looking at me? exactly. You know, and, but, like, LeBron was, like, trying to sell it. So he would every once in a while open his eyes, kind of, like, look a little bit and then go back to, like, writhing in pain on the ground again, pretending he'd just been shot in the head. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was terrible. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just th- – I, I think the Morris twins just, like, constantly ask for that sort of thing yeah so i mean they, sure. no no that's that they do but yeah. you still can't do that you know what i, I mean like, again my, my whole thing is just like like relative level of what was at stake there like morris going for essentially like a forearm shiver into his ribs yeah is yeah. is like I mean that, that pretend, again. You break a rib, like that's a that's a devastating basketball injury. I know, you can't... I know, but it's 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 more of it, I'm saying this more of out of outside the context of, of even like basketball. Like, like if you're gonna escalate something like that, fine, I totally understand that. But but like honestly, just roll up and swing on them. You know well, the I mean? other thing though is that yeah, I mean, I guess I get that. But the other thing is that like. You know, this stuff doesn't always happen like in the movies. It's not no, like, no, of course not. Of like course. if he but all if I'm he saying is, bro, his, it was the equivalent of a sucker punch. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, like if he grabs his well, but what was what was Morris's thing? Because he couldn't see Morris coming either. Well, and, uh, they were facing <laughs> the same direction. Ah, I mean, they now, they if you look at the replay, Jokic was kind of looking to the left, and Morris comes I mean, in maybe. from like it the wasn't right. completely unaware. I can yeah. tell you that, especially because Jokic, he knows where everyone is. That's true. That's true, but. I don't know. Anyway, we don't have to litigate the yeah, whole thing anymore. Mostly, I don't care because I think the Morris, like, I, even with what Marcus Morris did for the Knicks, I'm not a fan of either of them. I think they kind of suck ass. So, anyway, um, but so, and then of course the chest bump by RJ has to do with the uh, RJ accidentally knocking Julius over. Yeah, that was hilarious. When, when Julius was trying to like flex and celebrate, RJ <laughs> came up to just kind of like bump into him because he was excited and like knocked Julius completely on his face. Dude, RJ is like a bulldog. Like, oh he's yeah, just, he just like runs into people and he, like he doesn't even like he doesn't care. He, just he was. He was like he was like a big happy bulldog right there. Yeah. Like, just yeah. ran right into him with like no abandon. Uh, all right, so so we'll we'll answer that part of the question first. So, which would you rather out of those two? Things? Oh, a chest bump, of course. Yeah, of course, it's chest bump. It's like two hundred and eighty pounds. 
Yeah, Jokic is enormous. Oh <laughs> um, all right, and then the second part of this question. You've got mail. Who of the three of us, so we can we can judge this for Matt, would be most likely to survive being sandwiched between the two? Oh, I don't, we're all pretty similar height and build, so this is... Uh, I would say just me, because I have more meat on my bones at this moment. I, I believe you. We could, we could go <laughs> so, whoever's the heaviest. That, that tracks. Yeah. I yeah. got nothing. Because I think I've got like at least 25 or 30 pounds on you at the moment, and probably at least that much on Matt too. So yeah, I think that sounds that, about right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I would, I would be able to absorb it the best, I guess. Um, You've got mail. And then uh, Mark asked for a, for a last follow up. And this actually came from the discord. So Mark asked in two different places. Uh, what do you make of Julius reaction after making the putback to seal the win, which was obviously the play that, uh, that then he, he <laughs> freaked out on and, and was flexing and then RJ ran into him. And then he stood up, and they looked happier than ever. Yeah, exactly. Which is hilarious. Exactly. They got a really good laugh out of it. He, like, jumped up. Yeah. Um, what did you adorable. think of his reaction? It was, yeah. it was adorable. When they the jump word. up, and they're, like, they're like yeah. high-fiving, like, you know, it's so great. I love that stuff. All the all the photos from that were, like, super cute, too. Like, yeah. it's just, like, like they're both just, like, beaming. And also, yeah. you could tell that they both have that look on their face. It's like, wow, that was kind of embarrassing, but right. you guys were celebrating. <laughs> And just like laughing it off like two buddies would. So yep. I actually yep. their moments together are consistently like like really heartwarming from a from a fan's perspective. Like Julius and RJ together, they're yeah. just like they're very cute together when they when they get all it's celebrating. True. It's true. Yeah, they've had they've had a number of good moments over the last like two years now. Um, so BFFs, Julius and RJ never change. You've got mail. Uh, all right, our next question comes from. Twitter from Zan Rosen at Zan Rosen. Let's make this the first week that I will not wish Zan an extra, extra belated birthday <laughs> for having a shout out on here. Um, what do you think RJ would need to win most improved player this year? And can he do it? Uh, I, so the honest answer to this so far is I haven't really kept up with who else is a candidate at this moment. Um, so it's kind of hard to say like without knowing who he's up against, but let's just, so as of right now, I mean, his stats are almost exactly the same as last year. Right. Uh, right now he's at 17.6 points, literally exactly the same as where he was last year. Uh, actually shooting worse across the board, um, in every category and is at 5.9 rebounds versus 5.8 last year. 2.6 assists versus three last year and less steals by 0.3 and, and very slightly more blocks and actually more turnovers than last year too. Hmm. I think that, I think the tricky part of this is obviously RJ has been a lot better on the court. If you're just looking with your eyes, but these awards aren't based on eye tests. They're based on right. stats or at least this award specifically. Most improved players all very dependent on like, I mean, some of it comes with, like, how much you improved your team and stuff, too. Like, in the case of, like, Julius last year, for example, where maybe you could argue, like, Jeremy Grant had a better, like, statistical turnaround. But Julius's, like, statistical turnaround was big enough paired with what he did for the team right. that he won the award. Um, but for RJ here, I mean, I mean, we're going to have a huge improvement for him to win most improved. Like, Yeah, I don't even think 20 points per game would do it. No, he would need to have like, 
I mean, it would have to be like 23 points a game probably on like I mean, 46, 38, and 78 or something like that. Like from the, Yeah, with like six boards and five assists. Yeah, something like that. I mean, he'd have to have quite an uptick from where he's at right now, which I'm not totally willing to rule out. Um, I guess the other thing too is like, you know, if you start factoring in like his – yeah, because a lot of times some of the awards, although again not this award, but like like defensive player of the year, for example, they use more like impact stats and stuff like that, right, to determine that. So maybe if you start looking at like, oh well, RJ's, you know, his man defense stats have been so great this year. Maybe if you look at that and say, oh well, his man defense stats, you know, players shot twelve percent worse against him this year than last year. Then maybe that starts getting factored yeah, in. Maybe the maybe the case here is is he's got to get to to twenty six and four statistically, while also continuing to be the best defender on a fifty win team. Yeah, and also he has to he has to step those percentages up too. Right. Like I think yes. there's got to be improvement across the board. If he's yeah. if, he, if he's only going to hit like twenty points right. per game, there's got to be improvements. Right, which sucks because he already shot 40% from three. So, like, yeah. like he did that last year, so uh, yeah. you're not going to get I, much better than that. I mean, I guess maybe if he could get his overall field goal percentage to around, like, closer to 50%. Yeah. yeah while yeah. while shooting, like, 38% from three. So, maybe right, there's if a slight If he did that, he'd also be above 20 points per game, I think. So, that yeah. that would be – that's really the way to do it, right? Just start – hitting some shots. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, he's just going to, it's going to need to be consistent. You know, he's going to need yes. to look like he did during that three, four game stretch and not yeah. how he's looked. During I mean, the, the reality stretch. is last night, probably completely submarined his numbers single-handedly this yeah. early in the season, you know? So yeah, yeah. Shooting six of 20 and he had another, the game prior to that, I think was not very pretty either. So I think right. those two games combined, you know, in the aggregate were not great for him. Um, Cause he was, I mean, he was shooting like 50, 54, 44 or and something whatever from the line but like his his field goal percentage and three-point percentage prior right. to the last two games was quite a bit higher so um yeah i i, I think it's gonna be an uphill battle for him though you know if anything yeah. if, if he's gonna take like the leap it'll probably be like next year yeah and you know that'll be the year for him to win that award potentially but i just don't think it's gonna happen right now you've got mail uh all right next question comes from Joe Nix. Uh, this was also from the Discord. Does the three-guard lineup with the second unit work? I don't think it does. This, of course, refers to Rose, IQ, and Burks. Um, my short answer to this is, yeah, I do think it works because it worked a lot last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think it works. I get that people are sort of hesitant on it because it hasn't really produced as much, but Quickly and Burks have sort of come out the gate a little slow. We know what these guys can do. Like, like Burks in particular, this guy's been around for long enough where I'm not worried about him, you know? Yeah, that's That'll pretty much where I'm at too, yeah. And, and quickly, like, what is he going to shoot 20% from three for the whole season? Then, I'm not, then you know, let's see how it goes. We'll give it a little time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I'm not I, – I think that that lineup does fine enough defensively. Burks, I mean – I barely consider Burks a guard. I mean, he's he's a yeah. 
He's in the same class of like quote unquote guard as like Fournier. Fournier, yes. You know where it's like he could he could play shooting guard or small forward nominally yeah, on the two, floor. Three. Exactly. Yeah, he's a two three. It's fine. I mean, he can credibly defend both those positions and and you know can create a shot against a defender that's either a two or a three. Um, so I don't. I mean, yeah, I I just I think that was actually one of the Knicks like best three man combos last year, if I remember right, too. So. I, I definitely don't want to like throw that out the window. Uh, I, I think that, you know, as, as we said, maybe we reach a certain point in the season where it becomes Kemba quickly and Burks and Rose moves to the starting lineup. But that now I, I, I don't want to like scrap that lineup. And also what's the alternative? Like, do you bench Burks in favor of Grimes maybe, but you know, Grimes, I think will be good. And I, I wish there was more time for him to get minutes, but you just paid Burks a decent amount of money. He's at his lowest point right now as far as like value on the court, as far as what he's been contributing. And yet he's still in some games managed to do some good stuff, even when the shot hasn't been falling. Yeah, he's solid. He's solid. Yeah. That's, that's... And, and consistently, I mean, against all odds, even if we have, you know, uh, like qualms of shot selection or whatever, just by, by pure like game to game, like plus minus, like, does the team go on a run when he's out there with that group, you know, regardless of how he's playing? Yeah, he's he's been mm-hmm. right in the thick of it for a lot of these runs, even if he's not scoring points. So clearly he's doing he, something. Have you right. noticed he makes these like weird glue guy play because he's not mm-hmm. really a glue guy at all. But like I'm thinking of that play yesterday where Obi saved the ball and Burks is the one to get to it. You know, he always seems to just have like a slight knack for that sort of thing. It's not even that overt. It's not like an Andre Iguodala type thing or or Marcus Smart, but there's a little bit of that always. Yeah, he's got like a little bit of that like serendipitous charm. Right. Sure, it's just a feel thing almost. Yeah. You're just there. You're just there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think uh I I am not I'm not throwing that out the window. I would uh you know, I would keep going to that lineup, and eventually, I think it'll pay dividends because we saw it pay dividends last year, and it was one of the best lineups that that they were able to put out there. That said, I would still, I would still definitely like to the point of the earlier question. I would still also definitely try to experiment with the the uh, Rose IQ and RJ mm-hmm. lineup as well. So, but those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. You know, you can just RJ is going to play a lot more minutes than Burks, regardless. So, just figure it out. Um, at any rate, we've now, we've now reached the, uh, the interesting part of, part of the thing here where we get to Stingy and James's questions. So for those that maybe are listening to their first episode of the mailbag, this is, uh, John Schulman, also known as I though, or Stingy, uh, and James Marcita asking their questions for the week, which we always put at the end. Cause we feel like we should get to everybody else's first before we get into whatever. Comes yeah. Out this is the people. part where you can stop listening and you're missing nothing. Yeah, you could credibly tune out and probably be okay. You've got mail. Uh, all right, so first question comes from not at Aitho, which is stingy. Uh, his name is not? <laughs> yeah, not not, his name has been that for a while. I did, I did not notice. I, just I say this on every show. Where have oh you my been? God. I don't pay attention. All honestly. right. So not Aitho. Um, <laughs> should I read them all three at once or you want to answer them individually? No, just, I... I guess it seems like it's three or ones. This right? seems like it's supposed to be a reference to something, but I don't and get. That's it. what I thought, dude. He said, "Okay, re- read it, and then we'll circle back." So he said in three separate tweets, "What's the difference? What's the use? Uh, you got any gum?" 
Yeah, so when he said, what's the difference? I thought he was like referencing the song, which he immediately shit on, which is wrong because that song is great. And I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, you're uh, talking about what's the difference between me and you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great song. I don't yeah. know what the, like, what, what a, uh, I'm not, no, 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 we're not doing this. That's but way then, too mainstream for Stingy to Right, that, you're exactly understand. right. Like more than 200 people know that song, so it's unacceptable. Yeah. We can't do that. Um, but then what's the use in uh you got any guy? I this has to be like a movie reference yeah, or something. Right? It has getting. to be. I don't know what it is. But uh I will say I do usually have gum. I, I'm a gum chewer. You're so the gum guy? I keep gum in my car and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big gum guy. You know, if I'm if I'm out and about during the day, I'll chew a piece of gum. Um so yeah, I I do usually have some gum stingy. You can borrow some if you want. Uh just don't give it back. Um, all right, then Stingy asked a couple more questions to the Discord. It looks like this is a Norm McDonald reference. Based is on it? Google, just for the record. Yeah, just for the record. Oh, well, oh man. R.I.P. Norm McDonald. That's that's sad. Um, I never I never heard that, though. Anyway. You've got mail. All right. Uh, next question from Stingy. Is Frank Vogel going to get shit-canned? This is an NBA at large question. <laughs> what do you think? Um. I go back and forth. I mean, I think when you win a title, you get enough goodwill to, even in LA where things kind of move quickly, just like New York, I think you gain enough goodwill to not get fired. Ultimately, the answer here is just, what does LeBron want? Because yeah. if, Le- if LeBron says fire Vogel, they'll fire him the next day. Uh, so I guess I, I'm going to say no. But if they if they have anything close to like what they had last year by the end of this year, like if they end up like a six seed or something, and then they don't even make it to like the Western Conference Finals, then yeah, he's gone by the end of the year. I feel pretty confident saying that. And unfortunately, what's going to happen too is that people are then going to give like Jason Kidd all the credit, even if the Mavericks are terrible, which they are. Um, they're going to be like, oh, well, it's because Jason Kidd left his staff. Now he's no good. Blah blah blah, and. It's going to be stupid. Like, Mark Jackson is probably going to be like, oh, well, Jason Kidd's presence well, not felt there anymore. Here's the good news. The Mavs are 7-3, and three, but they have a minus 2.3 point differential. So that should be turning around pretty quickly. Well, that's what I was saying. They're no good. Yeah, they, yeah. they have not been very good. Although Frank is thriving, which makes yes, sense. Yeah, shouts to Frank. Oh, yeah. my God. I saw some highlights where he crossed someone up and got to the rim. Like, what the fuck is going on? I know. Re- revisiting the 20-10 and 10 game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the pinnacle. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Vogel's going to get canned? I don't know. Maybe. You never know with the fucking Lakers, right? Like, I don't know. Especially because it's Russell Westbrook's fault. Like, yeah. That's it. It's Russell Westbrook. So I, I don't know. That would be really terrible for Frank Vogel. But I, I think he's. Either. Well, and honestly, they've had bad luck too with like LeBron being injured multiple times and like AD is just like constantly on the brink of yeah. a career ending injury, apparently. <laughs> um, Even Mitch do the same shit. Yeah, but, but AD does it worse because Mitch, at least most of the time, just gets back up, whereas right. AD like lays there writhing on the floor, sucks yeah. himself out for a quarter, and then comes back like Willis Reed. Uh, pretend like he, you know, he's just. It's like, really cool. philosophical by him, actually, because yeah. you know, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. You get used to it. So what he does is, he plays really well, and then pretends that he's literally dying. So you're like, oh my god, wow, we might be without AD for the year. We're so fucked. And then he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'm okay. And you're like, oh, thank the Lord, God, I love Anthony Davis. Thank God we have this man. And you view him more favorably. It's really yeah. smart. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. It, it is. It's you play up the play up the sympathy a lot. Even I should take some notes. Actually, just gonna fall yeah. over out of my chair and just do that at work. Be like, ah, yeah, exactly. ah. fall out of my chair at work. My <laughs> knee. Or, or just pretend you had a heart attack, like a stress <laughs> stress induced heart attack. Be like, oh god, I'll do the Jimmy Butler. I'll like look yeah. around. Like, is anyone looking at me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait till someone comes over. You're like, ah, <laughs> my heart, my left <laughs> arm. I smell my toast. Heart. Uh, <laughs> uh, man. You've got mail. All right. Uh, next question from Stingy. The Knicks are five and one on the road and two and three at home. Care to comment? <laughs> Other teams get up for MSG and the Knicks don't. That's it. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's mostly just been that they've been underestimating bad opponents and they yeah. just so happen to have had hosted those people at home. It's pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people have been. I feel like other teams have been getting extra up for MSG this year, though, which probably has to do with fans being back and the yeah. fact that MSG is louder than any yeah, other. Fucking arena. Cole Anthony, remember he, he went off, dude. Like, yeah. That was crazy. He did go off the other night too, so clearly it wasn't. Oh no, just yeah, he has his game. But... I think he's having a decent season, but, but he's still, like... like over twenty points a game right now. Is he really? Yeah. Good for him. Good yeah, for him. I I remember thinking like I forget who it was on our staff that was abnormally high on Cole. Uh, it might have been uh, uh, Alex, uh, Nick's draft Alex, or it might have been partly Prez. I think Prez had sort of like a realist take on him, which is like he could be a lot better. Um, yeah. Not being at UNC in that weird situation, not being hurt, which he was like hurt at UNC and whatever. But like a couple of people on our staff were like, I think people were being a smidge harsh on Cole Anthony. And I remember kind of coming out thinking the same thing, because when I watched some of him, I was like, oh, yeah, he's definitely got like pull up shooting which is super valuable and like he seems to have a good handle and, and everything yeah, he else does like pull up shooting. He yeah. Does have that. I mean, he looked, he looked the part of like a top five high school recruit. So, yeah. you know, to, the fact that he felt like 20 or whatever is, uh, I think like, I'm not super surprised that he's outperforming that draft slot by a bit. He kind of is almost like Sexton, but good, mm. you know, like if oh. you think about it, spicy. Yeah, I mean, because I just think that he, I think that he like tries harder on defense and tries harder to get people involved and stuff like that than Sexton does. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, so Knicks are two and three at home. Yeah, it sucks, but hopefully they'll figure that out soon. Uh, You've got mail. So then, then Stingy said, "Question: What do you think of this?" Parentheses play on the show, and then linked some weird music that I didn't even pull up. Because then Mikey, who asked the question earlier, uh, chimed in in the Discord chat and said, does Stingy post audio of an occult sacrifice ritual in here? I assume the answer is yes, by the way. I did not listen to it, but I assume the answer is yes. So then I made the business decision to not play it. So Stingy, you don't get your reaction here because I'm not going to play it on the podcast because I don't even know what it is, but I don't even care to listen. Because I heard that it sounds like an occult sacrifice ritual. That's all we need to know. That's it. Next time, pick better things for us to play. Like, what's the difference between me and you? A hit song, beloved by many. Uh, Anyway. You've got mail. All right. Our last question comes from, actually, you know what? Well, I'll read this and I'll throw it to you. And then I'm going to look and make sure we didn't get any questions as we're recording. Because I always feel bad when we leave those. But Callie James, which is what uh, James Marcita goes by in the Discord. Why don't you love Tibbs as much as I do? Uh, go ahead, Zach. Why don't you love Tibbs as much? I don't much think as... it's possible to love Tibbs as much as he does. Yeah. But I do love Tibbs. <laughs> Dear. But why don't you love him as much? Uh, probably because it's physically impossible. 
Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Yeah, it's it's pretty tough to I love. I respect it, though. It's pretty tough to love anyone or anything as much as James loves tips. So I think that's pretty much the answer. Um, I, I can't. There's no way to love to love tips more than James does. Uh, he literally spent all of last year defending the decision to play Alfred Payton thanks to his love of tips. So if that ain't love, I don't know what is. Um, Ooh, nice. Anyway, all right, so Matt never made it. I guess Matt won his uh, volleyball championship in that case. Well, he said 10, right? If he won, he would be back by 10, so I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll hear soon enough in our, in our uh, little chat, I'm sure. Oh, he might have sent something in the middle of this. No, no, nope. okay, nope, he did not. Um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's. <laughs> it, I hope Matt won his his whole thing. But uh, so that's what I'll plug for Matt. Do you have anything that you wanna that you wanna uh, plug before we get off here? I have nothing to plug. I have to pee so bad. <laughs> Props to you I've for sticking around for this whole only time for over an hour at this point. You know we're not live, right? You could have know, I know. Pee at any it's time. like the principle of it. We have a flow. You know what I mean? We have, we're going. We're going. We're riffing. If All I right. if I get up and leave and then come back, we lose that flow. Okay. Well, that is dedication to the product. Well, that's right. I will. Uh, I will uh, uh, just throw a quick shout out to Zach's toilet that's about to get destroyed by yes, Pete. And uh, and just say uh, have a good week, couple weeks. This has been episode. Ah, I didn't look it up this time. Just God like tradition. Damn just, it, dude! Just like just like tradition dictates. <laughs> this has been episode thirty-eight or so of Next Mail. Like numbers, aren't we? I don't know. I just picked thirty-eight because <laughs> I don't care. Okay. And uh, this has been episode 38 of Nick's Mail.Bag. Thank you all for listening. We will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, if you are, again, in the Patreon for the $6 or up tier, uh, you will get to hear from Schwinn and I think Drew next week. Uh, If not Drew, then Jeremy. So keep an ear out for that. Until next time, peace out, everybody. We will talk to you all soon. house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini yeah, fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.